Hey guys, it's Amy and I am back with my podcast. I feel like I need a little jingle at the start so I can consider myself an official podcaster. (laughs) Maybe one of these coming weeks I will have one. I took a bit of a hiatus and I can tell you it was actually not for lack of follow through this time, but I decided I wasn't entirely sure after doing my first three episodes of my podcast earlier this year which direction I wanted to take it. I have a lot of things going on in my life right now and a lot of change, and I didn't want to start something and then feel like I was stuck with a direction and a vibe that wasn't really me and didn't really reflect who I am and where I'm going right now. I thought about branding. I thought about single parenting and working mom stuff. I really thought about a lot, but... In the end, I decided to go the route of my Instagram focus. For those of you who follow me, you know it's all about my healing journey and healing from past trauma because that is a giant part of my life right now and something that I am focused on every single day. So it just seemed like a good fit to bring that into my podcast and I really feel that it's kind of a niche topic that I've not connected with in a lot of the podcasts that I enjoy listening to. So just to skim the surface, I did not have what you would consider a healthy upbringing that would enable you to feel physically and emotionally safe. There was a lot of dysfunction in my upbringing and there was definitely physical and emotional abuse. And then add to that some seriously unhealthy coping that I developed as a result of that upbringing. Having a baby as a teenager, I struggled with addiction issues and suicidal ideations and even attempts when I was much younger. And then on top of that, I had a child who passed away in my 20s. I think it's all created what those of us who have trauma in our past refer to as quote unquote trauma brain. I have to thank my good friend Savannah for teaching me that phrase. She and I are both well acquainted with the collateral damage of trauma brain and she has done an amazing job of healing from her past trauma and has been an invaluable mentor and coach to me and absolutely will be someone that I will have podcasting with me at some point in time and I'm excited for you all to hear from her as well but trauma brain is basically living with post-traumatic behaviors and for a lot of people those behaviors are just as confusing to us as they are to those around us and are either missed entirely, are written off as someone just being crazy or dramatic or dysfunctional, or they are completely misdiagnosed as things like bipolar disorder or chronic depression or schizoaffective or borderline personality disorder or honestly any number of other mental illness diagnoses. I definitely fall into that category. When I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And if any of you had listened to my previous podcast, I do talk about that diagnosis a little bit. I'm 40 years old now. So I grew up kind of at the tail end of that generation where an adult's word was always taken over the word of a child or teenager. John Mulaney does a skit about this. And as funny as it is, it's kind of true and sad about our generation. I won't say always, but the majority of the time. If you were 
a teenager who overdosed on drugs, there was no question as to whether or not you had a traumatic home life that may have led to that behavior. It was just assumed that you were a bad kid or a delinquent and you were treated accordingly. There are so many problems with this type of response to certain high-risk behaviors, but I will go into those in much more depth in other podcasts. And honestly, we'll probably have other people who are experts in that field help me bring some light onto that particular topic. But unfortunately, the end result is that there is an opportunity to intervene and to help a child or teen, and it's completely missed through either misdiagnosis or just writing someone off as a bad seed. Now, I'm not going to take this whole episode to hash out my upbringing and my trauma with you guys. I'm sure bits and pieces of that will be you know, delved into down the road, but I can tell you that was my experience. When I attempted suicide and wound up in the hospital as a teenager, I was treated very poorly when I was basically in court-ordered rehab in a mental health facility. I was treated like I was broken and needed to behave and be fixed. People just said, hey, stop doing that. They didn't say, hey, why are you doing that? And they tried to put a label on it and tried to give me medication to treat symptoms of bipolar disorder. And certain medications would work for me for a little bit of time here and there. These weren't wimpy medications, you guys. Like, Prozac was the lightest of the drugs that I was on. We're talking like over the years I have been on Lamictal and lithium and, you know, mood stabilizers and antipsychotics, and they never really did what they were supposed to do. And I just felt like something was so wrong with me, even when medication couldn't fix it. And it wasn't until just maybe a year ago that my friend Savannah first mentioned to me, she thought there was a good possibility a lot of the things, habits and behaviors that I struggle with are not a result of bipolar disorder, that they are a result of complex trauma. I remember she definitely tread lightly when she said that to me because I think a comment like that can sometimes be mistaken as someone saying, you don't actually have this illness, you're just messed up, you know? And that's not at all what she meant. And thankfully, she's a great communicator. And I happened to be at a point in my life where I was really open to hearing her words and taking them to heart. But I really started to think about it. It was a couple of months back that I attended an event in Scottsdale that Savannah was speaking at. She makes her life's work speaking, writing, and coaching people in the realm of trauma, trauma-informed care and healing And she was talking about it all and was telling bits and pieces of her story and how she had all these labels slapped on her and is now free and clear from any of these behaviors and mental illness diagnosis because she has healed from her trauma. And as I heard her speaking, it just resonated inside me. And for the first time in my life, I truly believed that there was a good possibility that not only do I not have bipolar disorder, but... Also, that this is something I could potentially heal from and release and instill new habits and behaviors. So thus began the real beginning of my healing journey. I have attempted therapy multiple times in the past. It either didn't work out because of finances or I just didn't stick with it and follow through with it. That's definitely um, a trend in my life. I felt like maybe I just got enough of the tools that I could take them and implement them on my own because, you know, I'm a smart woman. 
but I couldn't figure out why the same habits kept repeating, even though I was open to learning about healing from trauma and educating myself. Why did the cycles perpetuate even though I had the tools? It was so disheartening and frustrating, and it just slowly chips away at your self-efficacy when you see the same things happening again and again in spite of putting your best effort in at the beginning. I felt like something was wrong with me because I couldn't stick with things or follow through on projects or with self-help or guidance or so many things the way that I saw other people around me successfully doing. It was not until I started diving into this book called The Body Keeps the Score that was recommended to me by Savannah that it all kind of started unfolding in front of me. And I had this profound realization that I am not abnormal and I am not perpetually screwed up. As a matter of fact, the things I struggle with and the behaviors that recycle in my life are in fact, incredibly common among people who have PTSD or have been through past trauma. It's just taken such a long time for me to realize or to even understand it was a possibility that I was misdiagnosed. Like I always knew something was wrong, right? Clearly you don't struggle with things to a certain level, engage repeatedly in high risk behaviors, self-medication and negative coping without something being really wrong at the core. But at even the first mention of post-traumatic behavior, I would almost feel ashamed or embarrassed, or I would want to even laugh at the suggestion because, as I said to one of my good friends recently, white girls wearing guest jeans who grew up in the middle-class families in the Midwest, you know, don't have PTSD, right? Like that's something that happens to soldiers in Vietnam or Afghanistan or victims of hate crimes. That's not something that happens to a freckle-faced girl from Michigan. And... Part of the reason I had that reaction is because when you find yourself in situations where you're the victim of abuse, your abuser becomes very good at gaslighting you and making you feel like you're crazy or you deserved it and that what you're experiencing is actually not abuse. It was made very clear to me that unless your parent was putting out cigarettes on your scalp or using an iron on the bottoms of your feet like you would see in the movie Sybil, which... By the way, I was made to watch Sybil on more than one occasion as a kid. You weren't being abused. You were just being vigorously disciplined and you deserved it. Not only that, but oftentimes our abusers have been abused. And so to them, abuse is the norm, which is so mind boggling to me because I have children. And to me, breaking the cycle of abuse wasn't even a question for me. They're was no question that I was ever going to discipline my children the way that I had been disciplined. But I was also more inclined to self-harm as a result of my abuse, to self-medicate and just overall self-destruct. So, you know, we all deal with those emotions differently. But I did have an incredibly short fuse and short temper. So it was easy for me to convince myself that maybe they were right. I did deserve it. Maybe... I was just a bad kid with a hot head, you know, but the fact is that temper of mine was born out of the need to survive and to defend myself. Some people withdraw into their self as a means of survival and they close off the world around them. And my means of survival was to fight back and fight for my safety. I also think your reaction depends on the mentality of your abuser and what their intent is and what they are looking to get out of it and actually 
have fulfilled by inflicting abuse on someone, which sounds crazy, but even abusers are looking to get satisfaction and fulfillment out of the abuse. So all of these traits really came to be a part of me through my upbringing and my experiences, but also conditioned me to think it was my fault. One of the most life-altering moments I had in my healing journey, which I think was maybe the catalyst of opening my mind, was a few years back when I was seeing a therapist in Scottsdale named Dr. Green. Fantastic therapist, and I didn't even attend that many sessions with her because my finances were really limited at the time. But you could just kind of connect with someone right off the bat and feel like they're a good match. And for those of you who have done the therapy thing and been through a lot of therapists, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying when I say if it's a good fit, it's a good fit, you know? So Dr. Green had me work on a trauma timeline. And so we went back to the beginning and we dumped out markers and got this huge poster and sat on the floor of her office. And I do remember at the end of the first day, she said, I think we're going to need more paper. (laughs) She asked me to recount my earliest memory of childhood trauma. She said to me, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how bad you think it is. If it's what you recollect as your first memory of childhood trauma, that's the first thing that we write down. And of course, I immediately knew what it was. I've always known what it was. It was something that happened when I was about two and a half years old. That was the time it occurred in my life. And immediately I knew what it was. So I took a deep breath and I started explaining it to her, but I kept preemptively saying, okay, like, I know it's probably dumb. I know lots of other people have been through way worse, but, and I kept discrediting my own trauma as I was explaining it to her. And I just remember she looked at me and said to me, Amy, if this one thing had been the only thing you had gone through, that would be horribly traumatic. Stop discrediting yourself. And I cried so hard when I left her office that day. I remember just sitting in my car in the parking lot, feeling stunned that someone validated my trauma, that someone validated what happened to me. And that was the first time in my life that I was not made to feel like I was just oversensitive or a complainer or imagining things. That was the first time someone actually said to me, I see you and I hear you and what you went through was awful. And I will not say it was all sunshine and roses after that. God knows it still isn't. (laughs) But that validation that I received from someone was so important. And I think that was the first thing that really opened up my heart to the idea of healing from my trauma. And then, of course, being close friends with Savannah and working with her and listening to her speaking meeting and falling in love with my boyfriend who is an amazing patient incredibly patient caring balanced human those were all very pivotal points in my life and for the first time in my entire existence on this earth i feel some hope and excitement and just fantastic happiness in the realization that This isn't something I'm stuck with for my life that no medication will ever help. This isn't just my screwed up, broken brain. This is something that happened to me, not because of me, and it's something that can be fixed. And that's such a powerful realization. And probably my main motivation for starting this podcast again is to share what I have learned and what I continue to learn and the amazing people I have met who have their own insight to share and have shared with me 
and continue to share with and teach me. And I'm really so excited to be talking about something that is so personal and important to me. And it's so ironic that I can even say that, that I'm excited to talk about this. So I hope you guys will tune in in the coming weeks. This is my first episode, so it's a little short. It's just kind of a catcher-upper and, you know, to fill you in on the direction that I'll be going. But I already have several episodes built out because it's so important to me to keep going and building the momentum and also just to be accountable so I won't have, you know, hopefully barring any major catastrophes, any huge gaps in putting episodes out going forward and... I am really excited about it. So thank you so much for listening. And I am so excited to talk to you guys next week.